Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Victory Monday, December the 4th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we get back into the five takeaways format, talking about the five most notable takeaways from the Dolphins' 35-9 to beatdown of the Denver Broncos. We filled your Twitter questions and one more big announcement with another big guest coming on the show later in the week. Really quickly, first, to remind you guys where you can find me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. You can follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnFins. You can find written content at LockedOnDolphins.com. And, of course, you can check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And, of course, please subscribe to the show. Give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show continue to grow. And let's get right into these five takeaways off the bat, and let's talk about the big story today in Miami. You have two ho-hum football teams coming in riding a combined 12-game losing streak, seven for the Broncos, five for the Dolphins. Something had to give, and the story of the day really became something that was something between the two coaches, or I suppose one of the coaches, and of course that being Miami Dolphins head coach Adam Gaze, and the decision to go ahead and onside kick late in the game with a 24-point lead the Dolphins attempt and are successful with an onside kick attempt in the second half despite a comfortable lead and Adam Gaze that Chris Harris talked about it after the game he is a Denver Broncos cornerback a slot cornerback for the Broncos a very good one at that and he talked about how there was some bad blood between Adam Gaze and and I think the thing I saw on Twitter most was, is, has to do with John Elway and the fact that they didn't retain Adam Gaze after he went to a Super Bowl with them and, and was the offensive coordinator for a big time offense with Peyton Manning and he, he was hoping he would get a chance at that job but they instead promote Gary Kubiak to that job and he takes over the Broncos and of course goes to the Super Bowl and Adam Gaze has some more bad blood for that team so it wasn't with Vance Joseph Vance Joseph and him have uh, have mutual respect for one another and Von Miller said it best after the game I thought when he said that you know I'm not going to sit here and sulk about it and say hey man why are they not onside kicking the ball or why are they onside kicking the ball and not kicking it deep and giving it to us because he said that's a loser's mentality and it's professional football now if it's peewee football and we're talking about little kids sure that's that's not a good thing to do but he's not going to complain about it and while Adam Gates didn't have to do that he, I mean it's not definitely not necessary to do I see where Von Miller's coming from I appreciate that professionalism from him as far as Adam Gaze goes you know he comes from that background where Nick Saban kind of taught him the ropes in terms of how to how to approach the, the game itself between the lines and on the football field and he's he kind of has that you know take no prisoners mentality he played with that on Sunday against the Denver Broncos and definitely was airing the ball out late in the game with uh, even with David Fells into the game the backup quarterback and Sonoris Perry the backup running back and a bunch of backup offensive linemen into the game so the Dolphins get their first big win of the season their first real blowout win really under Adam Gate. I mean, they, they kind of had a lot of close games last year, and this is the first one where it was comprehensive from all three phases, despite a bunch of mistakes, but they beat the, the Broncos down, and Adam Gaze really rubs their no, their noses in it. So takeaway number one is that Adam Gaze was just not too happy with the way the team was playing. I think the Broncos happened to be the team that caught the frustration all coming out in one day. So the Dolphins put a big number on the Broncos. Takeaway number two, and part of that had to do with the cornerback play, the defensive backs in particular, Xavier Howard, two, picks, two interceptions, one of which was a pick six, the first two picks of his career, and he capped 
capitalized on some bad throws from Trevor Simeon. He had added five passes defense in the game too. So he and Cordray Tankersley, as well as a combination of Alteron Vernon and Bobby McCain on the outside, both getting outside looks, which was pretty strange for Bobby McCain, primarily a slot cornerback in his time in the NFL with the Dolphins. They all get looks on the perimeter and they just shut down Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas into the fourth quarter. The two had combined for just one catch on the game while the game was still, I guess, somewhat relevant in terms of the scoreboard being uh, obtainable for the Broncos to make a comeback. But cornerback play was fantastic in this game. They put physical, they challenged routes at the top. They played a lot more man coverage where they kind of sucked into the line of scrimmage. I was excited to see that. Bobby McCain, the slot, took on Emmanuel Sanders a couple of times and really got into his kitchen and roughed things up and made a couple of good pass breakups from there. So he's playing very, very well, having a very nice season. Very, very good to see Xavier and Howard have a bounce back game after a pretty rough year so far, getting his hand on a couple of footballs. And then Cordray Tankersley, after an early injury, comes back and plays pretty well himself. And then Alteron Werner, who really hasn't seen much of the field since he got toasted in the week two, or excuse me, the week three matchup, game number two for the Dolphins against the New York Jets. When he got roasted by Robbie Anderson, has not seen a whole lot of the field, but he gets out on the field, makes some plays. So the Dolphins cornerbacks really elevated their level of play in this game. And takeaway number three, the other side, the guys that the cornerbacks cover, the wide receivers for the Dolphins. I think you have a very clear picture of what you're looking at here for the long term for Miami. They obviously signed Kenny Stills in the offseason. That has been a good signing. He's on pace for a nine touchdown, 1200 yard season that I don't think anyone really knows about right now. So he's getting open all the time. He's a really smooth and kind of intelligent route runner. He has a very innate ability to find soft spots in the zone and kind of continuous acceleration, although he's kind of picking his way through on a search route and finding open holes in the zone. And obviously the big playability has been fantastic. He has the big fumble in the game, doesn't come back to bite the Dolphins, but another big day for Kenny Stills in the stat line. Jarvis Landry, again, just has a great job of moving the chains, making tough catches, contested catches, and getting big plays and shaking off tackles. So he does a great job of attacking the first down markers the last two games. He did it against the Patriots last week at the end of the first half, and he did it again here in this game on a third down, just going straight for the marker, no messing around, no dancing around, just getting upfield and getting yards. Very nice to see. Those two guys having pretty nice years so far, even though Jarvis Landry probably would like to tell you that he'd like to have a higher yards per catch average. Kenny Stills coming right along in the statistics department. Number three receiver who has just done a whole lot of nothing this year, despite tons of promise and tons of hype and tons of, I guess, false hype in that sense. And that's Devontae Parker, who just cannot get his himself in front of a pass to make a catch to save his life. A couple more passes thrown his way, get picked off again today. There's no physical presence, no real alpha mentality for trying to go out and get the football, just kind of hanging back and, and letting guys run through him and make their own play. So Devontae Parker really falling out of favor with the Dolphins coaching staff as well as the team, as well as the fans. And you saw it on Twitter today, a lot of the guys on Dolphins Twitter really blown up about Devontae Parker, not living up to expectations or the hype or the talent that he brought into the season. So as you kind of move forward, I think you start to see the Dolphins maybe start separating themselves from one of those guys, and that might be Devontae Parker. And we'll get more into that at the end of the show on the Twitter mailbag. But takeaway number four was the audition players, as I call them. I started off thinking it was more of a young guy's thing, but then there was kind of guys that aren't so young that are going to auditions. The one guy that I'm thinking of in that regard, of course, is defensive end Terrence Fidei, who gets yet another blocked punt in this game. He had one back in 2014 that went through the back of the end zone for a winner against the Minnesota Vikings. Gets one, gets his hands on one again this week, gets flagged for a really, really egregious roughing or personal foul call when the punter ran into him and then Fide kind of just threw his chest out there and got a block on him and then they called Terrence Fide for a personal foul so special teams played very well in that regard and I got I'd have to give a I'd be remiss to not give a shout out to Matt Hawk for seven punts down inside the 20 yard line Dolphin special teams covering up very well today Broncos 
could not get out of their own way in terms of field position. So good job by the Dolphins special teams. Terrence Fidea gets some good reps both on the inside and the outside as well. So I think he's kind of proving himself as a defensive end that could get more looks into the rotation next year as the Dolphins start to start to kind of thin some of these guys out that can't get the job done. And another guy that got more reps was Cameron Melvo. And I thought he played really well in the preseason. He gets himself onto the practice squad, doesn't really get elevated to the active roster until this game, but gets himself into the game and, and makes some good impact plays. And then on the offensive line, you guys know I've been tweeting about this guy for uh, several weeks now. Jesse Davis at right guard plays really, really well. He had that terrible fight song rendition of the Idaho Vandals fight song with Mark Schlereth during the game. He saw the broadcast. But other than that, he was fantastic in the running game, moving bodies around. He pulls, he traps. He does pretty well on pass protection. I think he could be your starting right guard in 2018, and it's, it's starting to look more and more like that with each passing week. And then the number five takeaway from this game is, speaking of auditions, Kenyon Drake getting an audition in this game with Damian Williams being hurt and Sonoris Perry being really the only guy behind him to carry the load. Kenyon Drake has a massive game, goes for over 120 yards in this one, over five yards per carry, gets another long touchdown run. His last three touchdown runs dating back to 2016 are 42, 66, and 49 yards. So he has that big play element to his game, a lot of breakaway speed. He can shed a tackle in the hole. He's not, he's a physical runner for how his stature kind of would say that he's more of a scat guy, but he can run through tackles. He can be aggressive between the tackles. Very good looking game from Kenyon Drake, and it looks like he should be the guy moving forward for the rest of the season to hopefully get an audition and a chance to earn that number one back job going into the year next year. I think the, the Dolphins would be wise to try to still pair him with somebody else that can do a little bit more of the power stuff and maybe short yardage stuff because the Dolphins still struggle in that area, passing the ball twice on third and one in this game. One, a pick six where Jay Cutler does not find Kenyon Drake on a swing route and, and rather tries to throw over the middle into traffic. And then Devontae Parker, like I mentioned earlier, gets kind of ran over. Ball gets intercepted and taken back to the end zone for the Broncos. Only touchdown of the game, but Kenyon Drake... A factor in the passing game, he, he can improve his pass protection a little bit, but as a runner, just definitely hands down by far the Dolphins' best running back right now. So Dolphins with a comprehensive victory, winners in all three phases, winners on the scoreboard by nearly four touchdowns, and you are on the Locked On Dolphins podcast right now. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins. And without any further delay, let's go ahead and get right into the Twitter mailbag and answer your guys' questions from this Victory Monday here on December 4th on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And the first one is a topic that I was kind of talking about a little bit or going into briefly in the open of the show. And this is from Kadeem Simmons, at Kadeem Simmons. He asks, though some players need a few seasons to get grips with the NFL, is it worth keeping Parker around for another season in hopes he turns into the player we think he can become? And that's a great question, Kadeem. I think the million-dollar question right now for this offense because you kind of have your holes in the offensive line are really starting to show themselves or if they haven't already they are now I think with Jesse Davis possibly earning a start, starting spot in the offensive line your tight end might be kind of a position you look at this offseason the quarterback obviously going to be a change and then Kenny Stills Jarvis Landry Devontae Parker were supposed to be the threesome going forward but as the season continues to un- unfold here and develop it looks like Stills and Landry are the only two guys that really are making plays and a guy guys that are dedicated to the craft and to the process. That's something that's going to be a big thing this offseason, I think, going into the into the player acquisition phase of the season of, of the entire calendar year is going to be looking at guys that have the desire to play football and to be great. And Devontae Parker, to me, just does not have that. I, I've said it a, a multiple times before, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on the show, whether it's on columns in the past, on past websites. But here in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I've been talking about it throughout the course of the season. I just don't think he's really that dedicated to being a professional and being great at what he does. I think he's happy just kind of having a paycheck and getting that big money that the NFL offers. So, 
I if it was up to me, we talked about it with Ian Wharton last week on the show. I would try to move him for something if you can get anything for him and just try to replace that position because the Dolphins right now, for as young as the receiving crew is, for a lot of for as many resources as they've invested in the receiving crew the last couple of years, it hasn't really panned out that much beyond Landry and Still. So with Parker, Carew, and Grant, those guys, those are all guys that were acquired via the draft in the last three to four years, and they have not done a whole lot. So it'd be imperative for the Dolphins to go out and find a receiver in the draft or maybe even free agency and a guy that can return punts for once because I'm getting sick of watching this punt return game. Question number two, this is just kind of a, a satire one, a pretty good one at that. It's RB23 at King's Groove. Who will we face in the Super Bowl? I think next week is the Super Bowl for the Dolphins. If they can beat the Patriots on Monday night, that would kind of get the fans and their friends and get them excited about next year. Next question comes from Tyler Nan. I hope I pronounced that right. It's at G-N-A-N-N-219. It's Tyler G-N-A-N-N. Don't know how to pronounce that, but I tried my best. He asks, is Gaze familiar with Vance Joseph and his defensive schemes? More credit to Miami's success in the game than Gaze's players' talents. I haven't looked at it on tape yet, Tyler, so I can't give you a definitive answer. I know that he had he must have seen some things in tape that he liked and could exploit with Vance Joseph's defense. You go back to that throwback play to Anthony Fasano where he crosses the formation and he's wide open. You saw a lot of guys wide open today in the Dolphins, or excuse me, in the Broncos secondary, and the Dolphins receivers, of course, being the guys that are wide open. So I think there probably was something there where he saw that he liked a lot of that zone coverage that Vance Joseph likes to play despite the Broncos having some of the best man corners in the league. And of course, Akeem Talib being out of the game was a big help for the Dolphins too because those three guys really could have done damage to the Dolphins receivers. But they kind of worked around the formation in this game and tried to stay away from Bradley Roby as much as they could because he made a couple of plays in the game. So they did a good job of kind of taking away what the Broncos do best. They, they took away Von Miller for a lot of the game. I know he was kind of tough to block, but Sam Young, I thought, did a pretty decent, decent job on him and some combo blocks out there as well as some chips. So they did a good job of taking care of what the Broncos do best. And even though the defense isn't hold, doing a whole lot good this year, I think Adam Gaze's familiarity definitely had an impact on that. And the last question here comes from Bill Crowley. It's at Bill Crowley at nine at Bill Crawley 9491 Can we beat the Pats next week, a.k.a. our Super Bowl? We talked about that in the previous question, the joking question. I don't think so. I mean, even though Gronk figures to probably get suspended for a game after his egregious acts in his game today against the Buffalo Bills, I, I just don't see any way you kind of handle Brady. I think the defense might have a little bit of juice after this game and maybe some excitement for some of these young guys stepping up and making plays. And if the Dolphins can do what they did, they did a little bit of it last week against the Patriots, but obviously the results weren't there. They were there this week. Is continue to play that press and force Brady to make a quick decision and throw it into a man covered situation off the line of scrimmage, make an answer for Brandon Cooks, and, and then you can kind of see where you go from there. And hopefully the pass rush gets home enough. You win enough of those one on one pass rush situations. And then as far as the offense goes, I just don't, I don't trust this offense yet under, uh, under Jay Cutler if they're going to get anything done it'll be on the ground with Kenyon Drake and of course you know Bill Belichick how he is he loves Jarvis Landry probably going to try to take him out of the game I'm probably going to commit a couple of safeties to stop in the run against Kenyon Drake as well so I don't think they will it might be a little bit spirited early on but it's you just can't predict the Dolphins to beat a team that's that good especially the Patriots a team that's been their nemesis for so so long now all right so that's going to be the end of the Twitter questions you're here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast your host Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins to follow the show and check out LockedOnDolphins.com for written content needs throughout the course of the week and in a minute we're going to get to the big big announcement for another guest on the show you had joe shad last week ian wharton and kevin dern we have a former dolphins player be joining the podcast later in the week we'll tell you who that is after our next segment talking about where the dolphins stand in the afc both from a draft perspective as well as the playoff perspective here on the locked on dolphins podcast all right, just kind of glancing over the Dolphins' playoff hopes and what could possibly be a scenario where they find themselves getting in with four games left to go, sitting at five and seven. They're going to have to run the table. So if you want them to get in, they have to beat the Patriots. So let's just start with that right there. It's probably not going to happen, but let's say that it does. 
You get two games against the Buffalo Bills, and that those looked like two games the Dolphins would lose, in my opinion, before Tyrod Taylor goes down with a serious-looking injury, gets carted off the field. He said he's okay, but if he's not, I don't think the Dolphins will have a problem beating the Bills with Nathan Peterman under quarterback. The Dolphins have done a good job, or under center, I should say, at quarterback. The Dolphins have done a good job this year of beating some of those really bad quarterbacks. You saw it today with the Broncos and Trevor Simeon, just giving them the ball all the time, making a lot of misfires and bad throws and, and doing the defense a lot of favors. I think the Dolphins can beat those types of teams. Kansas City has been struggling immensely immensely losing six of the last seven games but even though that game's going to be against a struggling Chiefs team it's in Kansas City so definitely not an easy win there by any means but if the Dolphins can find a way to beat the Patriots I guess you have a little bit of excitement going into the final three games talking about potentially running the table but you know let's beat the Patriots first because that's something that's probably not going to happen you're probably going to be two touchdown to underdogs once again in that game so for them to do that not likely but it gives you hope I guess for some future success and and the more wins the better in terms of Adam Gaze and this this staff kind of getting back to feeling more comfortable with this team moving forward so playoffs probably not going to happen the draft it's looking more and more like probably going to be around that number 10 pick rather than the top five the win today I think kind of solidifies that getting your fifth victory of the season I think there's probably a good chance they get six or seven wins on the season now like I mentioned with the Bills struggling without uh, Tyrod Taylor but I suppose this just puts the draft talk off for another week we'll get more into the Patriots game and talking about that we'll also have Mark Schofield on this week he is the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast as well so we'll talk with him later on but before we get out of here for today's show one big announcement talking about another guest on the show we're going to have none other than former Dolphins wide receiver Chris Chambers joining the show. He'll be with me on Tuesday night. We'll roll out the show on Wednesday morning talking about the Dolphins receivers, some of Chambers' favorite moments from his playing days, including his favorite catch, and uh, talking about kind of how he had to struggle throughout his career with different quarterbacks and just kind of get some questions from him, kind of like the Joe Shad interview, be a similar format to that. We'll talk to you guys about current Dolphins and former Dolphins, and that's going to be on Wednesday's episode of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. That's going to do it for today's show, guys. Go ahead and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports Podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins Podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.